Progressive presents an interview with your upstairs neighbor. Hi, I'm Tia. The upstairs-downstairs neighbor dynamic is so special. We have our own language. Like when I scream at my mom on the phone, the people downstairs bang on the ceiling to show their support. The nighttime's the best time to rearrange furniture. I call it midnight feng shui. And if I sleep through my alarm in the morning, they bang on my door to wake me. So thoughtful. Progressive can't save you from your upstairs neighbor, but we can save you money when you bundle renters and auto insurance with us. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company affiliates and other insurers. Bundle discount not available in all states or situations. Lewis Hamilton finally won a Grand Prix. <laughs> <laughs> Given that there are so many Lewis Hamilton fans who listen to our podcast, we should say woohoo! <laughs> <laughs> well, Kunal, it's been eight months since he last stood on the top step of the podium. Well, close to eight months. It's also been eight years since he won at Monaco. But that's a really long time. And I thought forty-four uh, was his. lucky number so 4 and 4 if you add it becomes 8 actually <laughs> well spotted but um, did you see that number one image you know that picture where he's posing against his back to the wall with a number one graffiti on it you know he's I used did. it it was pretty cool yes so he's used it on social media and i wonder how long he waited actually to use that cool image <laughs> I'm sure Lewis Hamilton was just really really happy to win in front of Justin Bieber. <laughs> so I'm not sure what's going on there, you know, musical collaboration, just you know good friends or maybe a good old bromance. We've seen that. <laughs> uh, to me it just seems like Hamilton has already found a replacement for Nikki Lauda. You know, he surely moves on pretty quickly. A <laughs> good friend Lewis. Justin Bieber had an honorary place right next to the podium did you see that kunal yeah i mean why why special treatment <laughs> to a youngster <laughs> well beaver also got a sip on the champagne before others so lewis is already bonding with him over alcohol <laughs> nikki laura please take note <laughs> it's also a really good way to get some publicity for the upcoming canadian grand prix <laughs> justin beaver is canadian for all our Non-musician F1 fans. Well, that was for me, but I, I just think that we got very lucky that Justin Bieber did not conduct the post-race interviews on the podium, and I really hope he doesn't conduct them in Canada as well. It might be quite cool, actually. I'd love to see that. But let's remember, this is Bernie's sport, you know, and he believes youngsters do not watch his sport of Formula One. <laughs> But honestly I think Justin Bieber came closer to the podium than Fernando Alonso has come all season long. Oh. Do <laughs> <laughs> have you heard this song by Justin Bieber? It's pretty famous. I'm going to sing it for you. Is it too late to say sorry? Have you heard it? <laughs> no. <laughs> I guess that is the one song that Red Bull Racing have to sing for Daniel Ricciardo. <laughs> They certainly owe him a big, big sorry. So before we talk about Red Bull Racing and Ricciardo, let us remember that Hamilton actually won in Monaco, but it was a gift from Red Bull Racing. But we have to remember that Mercedes had some brilliant tire strategy to put Lewis where they did. Oh yes. So applaud, okay. Applaud. Yes. Lewis finished the entire race with one stop. 
Now that's despite all the changing weather conditions. And he also made Pirelli's ultra soft tyres last 47 laps. Yes. That's incredible. Yes. For that, hats off to Lewis Hamilton. But that is also where there is a cause of worry for me. I mean, what would the Pirelli hard tyre do then? Would it probably do two race distances in Monaco? (laughs) That's more than the Honda engine. (laughs) The best part of Monaco for Lewis Hamilton was that he has halved his points deficit to Rosberg. Now, in his quest for the championship, that is massive. That is massive. So, Monaco, for me, will still be more about Red Bull's gaffe rather than Hamilton's win. You know, it was, in some ways, also about paying back debt. So, Red Bull Racing paid Mercedes back for gifting them the win in the last race. (laughs) What a horrible, horrible mistake. I still can't believe that a four-time world championship winning team can have just such an awful pit stop. You mean a screwed pit stop. (laughs) (laughs) You know, it's clear. Red Bull gives you wings, but they do not give you (laughs) tyres. The drivers better know this. And they definitely do not give you good justifications. Because the reason they came up with was just so silly. The Monaco garage, apparently the layout confused them. (laughs) And this is after they have raced in Monaco for what? 11 seasons? That too with two teams. (laughs) So can you imagine how many pit stops they've done before? I would completely understand if a new team like Haas came up with such an excuse. But Red Bull Racing? Come on, guys! (laughs) I... You know, almost expected them to blame Pirelli for this. Because, you know, it's it's the norm in Formula 1 that when in doubt, blame Pirelli. <laughs> Especially when conveniently the tyres are involved. <laughs> <laughs> but to be very fair, and I've seen the layout in Monaco. Okay. It is, it is fairly cramped up. Okay. And uh, let's remember that the teams had to manage five different racing compounds in Monaco. And... That's probably more than what they've ever done in recent history. I still can't help but feel so bad for Ricciardo. This is the second race in a row that he's been this close to victory and boom, snatched away from him. And I will add to that the puncture that he had while leading in China. Can you imagine what would have happened had he raked up all those championship points? And you know, I just go back to discussing what we discussed in our pre-Monaco episode, Daniel Ricciardo. He might just need to move to another team if he ever wants to win his first world championship. But let's just do a quick analysis. So, Mercedes doesn't seem to have a spot. Ferrari could just show interest, but... Kimi Raikkonen. <laughs> but to be honest, at the moment, Red Bull Racing is seemingly the fastest team after Mercedes. And I guess possibly the best option for Ricciardo would be to stay put at Red Bull Racing. And hope that he doesn't become the new Mark Webber. <laughs> <laughs> and that too, the new Mark Webber to the new Sebastian Vettel. <laughs> <laughs> and of course, Red Bull has already hailed Verstappen as their future. I wonder if, you know, the crashes in Monaco would change that in any way, you know. Because even though they said he's the future, he did not get the upgraded Renault engine. So much for all talk. I'm sure Carlos Sainz had a hearty laugh over (laughs) Verstappen's weekend. Danny Kivat as well. (laughs) 
Though Verstappen might not have many visible weaknesses at this point, at least that's what the, the world at large yes. seems to believe. Oh yes. But Monaco has exposed his biggest weakness, which is Monaco itself. <laughs> he's had three crashes here already, and he's only raced here two times. Question is: Is Red Bull Racing putting way too much pressure on the teenager? Actually, not just Red Bull; the entire Formula One fraternity, for that matter, including us, including us. Of course, I mean he's gone from being a could have been nobody in Formula One to being the youngest driver, and then finally winning his race on Red Bull Racing debut. There is no doubt that the expectations have gone up, and rightfully so. Between Spain and Monaco, Max Verstappen went from breaking records. To breaking cars, <laughs> <laughs> but he did make one more record in Monaco, the youngest ever to crash twice in a single race weekend in Monaco. <laughs> Whatever he does, Max Verstappen can't stop seeming to make new records. <laughs> Amazing! <laughs> so for his back-to-back crashes, he crashed in qualifying. He crashed in the race. I wonder why wouldn't Red Bull Racing demote him back to Toro Rosso and probably now go ahead and promote Carlos Sainz. I mean, they love putting so much pressure on those youngsters anyway. I bet Red Bull Racing would never do that because those rules do not apply for Max Verstappen. <laughs> Sorry to burst your bubble, Kunal, because I know you're a Carlos Sainz fan. <laughs> Nico Rosberg had such a forgettable race. I just don't know what to say about him. He was pretty decent in qualifying. He actually out-qualified Hamilton. But during the race, he was just so slow. And he finished P7. Nico Rosberg in P7. Unbelievable. He was so slow that Mercedes had to issue team orders to allow him to let Hamilton go past. I mean, that is one major embarrassment for our world championship leader. I read a lot of tweets online asking if it was legitimate and in my view yes it absolutely was. And here's why because if Rosberg was first and Hamilton was second then they wouldn't have employed team orders but Mercedes had to look for their interests and they realized that Hamilton had a better chance of winning because he was a quicker driver. So they had to issue those team orders. What's worse for Nico Rosberg is that he also almost got lapped by Lewis Hamilton. Ouch. That now is that would be so embarrassing. Major ouch. And it's really strange, but Nico Rosberg didn't even offer a proper explanation about what was going on and why the hell he was so slow. Maybe he actually didn't know. <laughs> <laughs> like, I was wondering all through: was it a problem with the car that he just wasn't able to put his finger on? Were the tires not up to the mark for him, or the weather conditions, or maybe you know it was just a psychological thing? Oh yes, I think it was absolutely psychological that Mercedes had to issue team orders, probably psyched him out. That Lewis Hamilton was so quick, psyched him out even more. So I mean, let's remember they are engaged in a hard fight this year as well. If this exact same thing had happened to Lewis Hamilton, Lewis would have offered at least. Ten thousand different reasons about, you know, why he didn't perform well and what happened, including the fact that maybe he was distracted by Justin Bieber. And <laughs> There's an old saying in motorsport which says a driver is allowed one mistake in the championship, and Rosberg probably made his in Monaco. But to be honest, 
with such a long calendar, he might just be allowed one more mistake. But that's it, Nico. <laughs> your one mistake is up for the season. And you definitely didn't drive like a world championship contender in Monaco. I mean, I mean, Nico Hulkenberg in a customer Mercedes team beat him to the finishing line for P6. That was literally on the line. That was the was biggest brilliant. embarrassment, <laughs> I tell you. I'm sure Rosberg wasn't expecting that. And actually, the Force India team, they weren't expecting that either. They sent out a tweet congratulating Hulkenberg for finishing P7. <laughs> that is so embarrassing. <laughs> they were just busy celebrating Perez's P3. I'm sure no one cared too much about Hulkenberg. <laughs> but woohoo! What a brilliant, brilliant job by the team. Sergio Perez on the podium. Brilliant stuff. One more time. Brilliant stuff. Woohoo! <laughs> Perez has been on the podium every single year that he's raced for Force India. This was, by the way, his third podium for the team. And uh, it's important to also mention Nico Hulkenberg. You know, he's probably a more complete driver, but he's never been on the podium. But ironically, both these drivers seem to have missed the bus when it comes to the top teams. I'm sure Hulkenberg is also upset about the fact that he can't defend his Lamar this year. <laughs> One less podium for him to yes. make it to. Yes. But the good news is that the Force India Formula 1 team is back to being fifth in the Constructors' Championship. Kudos. Oh, good job. They finally nailed their tyre strategy. <laughs> and I know this from before. Always look out for Force India's tyre strategy. They will almost always use inverse strategies for their drivers. You know, by that, what it means is they don't really back their strategies. And they're always hoping that if one driver doesn't make it, the other does. Because he's on the inverse strategy. That's very interesting. Thank you, Kunal. <laughs> We've had some other interesting things going on, on and off the track. So, Fernando Alonso actually had a pretty good run in Monaco. And what's really awesome is that before the Grand Prix, he was actually at a charity football game where he scored an amazing goal of a free kick. I saw that. It was amazing. <laughs> Fernando Alonso has so many career options outside of Formula <laughs> 1. Or maybe football is just his lucky mascot. Who knows? Yes. Please go and play football before every race. Talking of football, the one team that scored an own goal in Monaco was Sauber. They are trying really hard to emulate Mercedes, I tell you. <laughs> They're learning from the best. <laughs> <laughs> I also hear that by 2019, Formula One will have only two engines per driver. Wow. If my math is right, by 2022, Formula One will have no engines per driver per season. <laughs> and that is when McLaren Honda can finally think of winning. Woo! <laughs> Or maybe Formula 1 could just move to being completely electric. Formula E, if I were you, I'd be worried. Finally, the biggest joke of Monaco. And it's so funny that I'm going to laugh right now. Ha, ha, ha. Ferrari believes that they can still win the Constructors' Championship. <laughs> Ferrari's exposure in this episode is as little as the TV exposure in Monaco. Though I think this joke was pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> we hope we've entertained you as much as the Monaco Grand Prix entertained us. We will be back next week looking forward to the Canadian Grand Prix. And let's really hope Justin Bieber doesn't make it to the podium in Canada. Thank you. <laughs>